Hi friends, welcome to the Connected Families podcast. I'm Stacey Bellward, your host. At Connected Families and on this podcast, we are here to guide you towards God's grace and truth for you so that you can pass God's grace and truth on to your children. Our biblical foundation is infused with solid child development research and informs everything that we do. We created a simple yet extremely effective framework for parenting that infuses everything that we do and teach. Well, in today's podcast, we are talking about one of the things that makes connected families unique. When we build a strong foundation of faith and identity in Christ and insight about ourselves and others, we communicate the message to the most important people in our lives that you are safe with me. This understanding is part of what we call our special sauce. Well, I have here with me today, Lydia Rex and co-founder of Connected Families, Jim Jackson. Welcome, Jim. Hi. Hi, Stacy. Good to be with you. Good to be with Lydia too, one of our certified life coaches or parent coaches. That's right. Hi, Lydia. Welcome. Excited to be here. We're excited to have you here too. Well, you are a certified coach, as Jim mentioned, through Connected Families, which means that you went through a one-year training specifically to learn about the framework that we teach and how to coach parents through that framework. And Lydia, you recently came on staff. So another big welcome to you for that. Um, so Lydia, woo, woo, I know we're excited to have you. You're, you're here coaching families specifically with sensory sensitivity issues. So, but first Lydia, introduce your family to us real quick. Yeah. So I'm a parent coach here at Connected Families, but I'm also a mom just in the thick of life with little ones. I have my daughter, Julia, who's nine and my son, Eric, who is six. And then my husband, Kyle, we are a family of sensitive and intense people, except for my husband, Kyle, he's pretty even keeled. And then I'm also a registered nurse and just have had always had a passion for caring for families. So excited to be here. Super excited to be here at Connected Families on staff. Good. We're so glad you're here with us and here today to talk about this subject. You know, a lot of our listeners are very familiar with the framework because we talk about it in, I think, every episode of this podcast. Um, the magnet says that, it all. That's right. right? <laughs> and if anyone has questions about it, there's lots more information in our show notes, links there that will take you to where you can find more. But today we want to talk about the foundation of the framework, which is the message you are safe with me. So Jim, I just want the listeners to hear just a little bit about why we consider that our special sauce. Will you explain it? We can explain it together. We'll explain it today. The foundation of our relationship with our kids is really about the foundation of our relationship and in our relationship with God. It's a it's about an understanding of who we are, whose we are, why we're here, how we sin, how we are righteous. This is something we encountered early on. You know, Lynn and I became very aware that parenting was very complex. And many of the resources we saw when we were dealing with our own, you know, challenging, difficult, sensory, intense brood of all of us was that there, we got a lot of methodology, a lot of formulas, a lot of good ideas and practical things about what to do differently, but very little, if any of the 
resources that we sought out invited us to look inward for a season and to be reflective about our own motives, about our own spirituality, about our own relationship with God, our own shame, perhaps our own sense of guilt. And what's the difference between those things? And, and to parent from a reflective place requires that we build this strong foundation. And the strong foundation is something we build by looking inward first. It's about being willing to take a deep dive into our own motives, our own intentions. You know, parents have lots of good intentions, but those good intentions are often mixed with selfish intentions as well. Uh, and so it becomes almost a smokescreen and ultimately confusing for our kids unless we peel back these layers and ultimately take our thoughts, our judgments captive to Christ's obedience. And we started talking about this early on and parents would tell us over and over again, oh my goodness, None of the resources that I've sought have helped me understand why I keep staying stuck. And it's not about my kids' behavior. It's about me. And so this idea of becoming a safe parent really has little or nothing to do at first with how we interact with or what we say or do with our children. And everything to do with what's going on inside of us. Yeah, everything to do with what's going on inside of us, or at least what's going on inside with us is a huge part of the picture mm -hmm. of our parenting challenges, for sure. Thanks for that, Jim. And then as we teach the foundation and we want to communicate the message, you are safe with me. Well, well, all of this information really is developed in the book you and your wife, Lynn wrote discipline that connects mm -hmm. with your child's heart. And we go into it in depth in the online course by the same name. That online course is going to be open soon. Actually, I think probably right now when this episode airs, people can register for it. And in that course, we teach a lot of ways for parents to be able to look inward and then to show how it comes out. Okay. So some of the ways that it does come out, and I just want to use like kind of some bullet points around being safe. Sometimes we say instead of being fast, large, and loud, then we can be slow, low, and everybody say it together. Listen. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, um, so what we're saying as an intro to, to this podcast is that inward work that you were talking about the checking on a relationship with Jesus before we can then take that towards our parenting and show up with our kids. As we do that work, then we are able to show up slow, low and listening as one symptom of that. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Is that right? Yeah, that's yeah. right. I think to, to kind of hone that all down, you know, we used to always get asked, well, what do I do to be safe? Yeah. And we would say, well, calm down, go slow, go low and listen. Mm -hmm. And parents mm -hmm. would say, well, it's so hard. And I get that it can be hard sometimes, but the reason it's hard uh, isn't because you're not trying hard enough. It's because perhaps, and most likely you haven't taken those steps back and taken time to reflect about what's going on in me, the parent, what's going on in you, the parent that keeps us from, from being able to have a calm spirit, a, a true compassion for our children in times of challenge. How do we take those steps back so that instead of just telling ourselves, well, I got to be calm, we can literally become calm people because of a perspective shift, a, a change of motive, a change of attitude from controlling kids' behavior and managing kids' behavior to more of a more of a thought of, I want this child to know God's grace right now. I want to know God's grace right now. How can I do that more effectively for me? How can I model that for my children? And as I do that, you know, then just naturally communicate this message that you are safe to my children. And we'll have parents say, well, why does 
does this matter so much? I mean, kids, don't kids need to just learn to listen and obey? And do they need to? I mean, the first question I always ask parents when they ask me that question is, well, how effectively do you think you model that for them when you're upset? How effectively do you listen to God's prompting in your voice and the truth about who you are and obey the teaching to not exasperate your children or to walk by the means of the spirit that's within you. Um, these are foundational questions. And then when we wrestle with them, we, we, as a byproduct of that work, become naturally more and more safe. Uh, it's easier to be calm because we have a calm spirit. We don't have to work at it, like pretend that we're calm when we're not. That's how I think about this. And that's how we talk to parents about this. And it's not some method that you learn in order to manipulate your kids by being calm. It's about truly having a heart of compassion, of, of goodness, kindness, patience, good, mm-hmm. you know, faithfulness, compassion, humility, as you approach the difficult stuff of life with your kids. I love that. And so the work that we do means that we can show up different. And I said, one of them already fast, large, and loud switch to slow, low, and listen. You mentioned the controlling one. We can shift from being controlling to more thoughtful, to wanting to grow wisdom in the moment. Yeah. We want to be continually asking that question. What is going on me? What is going on in me so that I can understand why I'm being triggered in the moment. I love all of this. And I wanted to start here before we really dig in Lydia. (laughs) with your story combined with my story and Jim's story, just as we really unpack how becoming a safe person has looked in our own lives, because these are kind of the shifts that I want parents to know. We've gone from one side to another, and actually we're continually doing that. And we're always working towards that. So Lydia, let me get to my first question for you. Are you ready? I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) What were the signs that you needed just some fresh input around your parenting? Yeah, you know, we actually had come across connected families early in our parenting journey when our first was just a little toddler. And so I had just taken it in as like, oh, this is such great parenting wisdom. And this is a great, it's a framework. Oh, I can follow four steps. Um, And (laughs) as time went on and we started to come up against really some big challenges in parenting, I started to come to my, the end of my rope in a just very humblingly fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's probably not a word. Anyway, and as I kind of got to the end of myself and the end of my efforts, I was started to realize this isn't just my kids that are the problem. It's me. Yeah. I messed up. And so that was kind of a, it started to be that turning point. So you came to connected families, like pretty much every parent, probably including me, we need to fix our child. We need, like, we've got a problem. My child has a problem that I need some help with. I need some new tools with. But when was it that you came to realize, or or maybe talk more about that moment of realizing, wait a minute, this isn't about my child. This is actually about me. And that's where I have to start. Well, I think this kind of gets into our next little section too, where, where we're thinking about, you know, parents, when we get to that understanding of like, oh no, we're doing this the wrong way and we're, we're hurting our kids or, you know, we're trying to control. So I came to parenting with, I think a lot of pride because I was raised in a way where, you know, I, I knew that that old style of parenting was hurtful because I experienced some of that. Mm -hmm. And so I came into parenting thinking I'm going to do this better. I can do a better job. I can be a good parent and connected families is going to teach me these steps to do that. 
And, you know, then when things got really difficult and I realized I'm part of the problem here, it Mm -hmm. just deep, deep, deep into shame. So defeated. And, you know, here I had mostly this good parent behavior, but underneath that was like a, this bubbling cauldron of fear of trying to control my kids. I was getting angrier. I was basing my self-worth on how things were going. So especially with kids who had some extra challenges, this all just became a recipe for really deep discouragement for me. This is a place that I kind of found myself in. But what happened was when I felt most defeated, that opened my heart to truly understand God's mercy for me in a way that I hadn't gotten before. I'm the online course moderator taking so many hundreds and hundreds of of families through it. And I know that they get through the first few sessions. And there is the same feeling. It's like this realization that the old way has not worked. And in fact, it was hurtful. It was hurtful to the kids. And I remember being in that place too. It was like, you know, the old patterns were not serving us. My style of control, I better fix this fast or it's going to turn into something bad. You know, the catastrophizing was really pulling me apart from my child. It was, I thought I saw her distancing herself even from God. And that was the wake up call for me. And I think I felt some of the same things that you did. It was just like, Lord, I need help. I need your help and I need to change here. And what I love about, I'm a big buddy Bible study girl. And so I just love thinking about the Israelites in the Old Testament. Man, we have a Jehovah God who is long suffering and kind and walked them through their highs and their lows and was with them no matter what. That was just key for me to get through the shame of that moment. So as you you talked about being in that place too, how did you push past that feeling of just despair to move through into some new thinking? Well, you know, I wish it would would have been a quick process, but I, I think I stayed there in that place of shame for a while. And then I really feel like God reached out to me and And I learned that God was there with me, not just when I was doing an awesome job, but when I was really struggling. I think that was something that hadn't really landed deep in my heart before. And so then what happened is I started applying those messages of the framework to myself rather than just using them as a tool to be a good parent. And that's when things started to change because now I was able to give my kids something that was real to me not just my efforts. I love that. You started using the framework on yourself? <laughs> yes. Okay. Like unpack that and tell us what that looked like. Yeah. You know, God is our, our heavenly father. He is the parent, the ultimate parent in this situation. And I started to realize I'm a struggling child too. It's yeah. not just kids who are struggling. I'm struggling. And when I I started to go to God with my struggles and find that he was gentle, he was compassionate, that he was close to me when I needed him, you know, that understanding those messages of safety were for me, you know, then it, it starts to flow out of us a little more naturally than, you know, all my, my contrived efforts to be a super calm, super perfect mom. Yeah. 
working. So, so yeah, I guess I've never heard God say, what in the world are you thinking? <laughs> he doesn't say that to us, does he? No. Yeah. No. I love it. And, the, and then the second message, you will love no matter what. Yeah. And I think just taking a hold of that knowledge that nothing that I do or fail to do, even enjoyed by my heavenly father, that is more motivation than I ever got from shame to be a dearly loved child of God who is delighted in, believed in, who God has confidence when he looks at his children. That to me, you know, that's the wind under our wings as parents. I just want to jump in here a little bit because I'm listening to you, Lydia, and I'm, you know, I I record a lot of podcasts and hear a lot of stories, but listening to you talk about that right now gives me, you know, some people call it chicken skin. Some people call it (laughs) goosebumps. Some people call it a little tear in my eye. You know, this is the essence of understanding what we teach at Connected Families. Really, we receive what God has for us so that we can pour out that mercy, that grace, that truth, that accountability, but, but all through the lens of God's love, God's perfect love and grace for us. And as recipients of that, it changes us. If I could wave you know, the, the Holy Spirit's wand and change every parent just the way that, that I thought was the, the most godly way, it would be in those moments when a parent is tempted to feel shame, tempted to be discouraged, frustrated, and then and then pour out just a little bit of that frustration onto their kids. Uh, I would I would wave the Holy Spirit wand and say, Spirit of God, m- move into this parent right now and convince them of their righteousness because of Jesus Christ, of their inability to do any of this apart from you, and of your grace for however it goes today. And then give them the gift of compassion, of insight, of love, of safety for their children. So good. I know, Jim, you use the phrase waving the wand. Really, it's just it's just acknowledging Holy Spirit is here with us. That I know that's what you meant by it, right? Absolutely. Thank yeah. you for clarifying. It's about God never leaves us or forsakes yeah. us. Jesus said it at the end of his journey on earth. I'm never going to leave you, never going to forsake you. Yeah. Even when your child is tantruming in the marketplace, even when they're complaining about the food on the table, even yeah. when they have looked you in the eye as they swept their milk onto the floor in defiance, <laughs> Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, is there present to work in you, to work through you, to bring love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control right here, right now. Amen. Yeah. With that, we're going to move to a commercial, and then we're going to come back to keep going with this beautiful conversation that we've been having. Do you remember what you thought parenting would be like? Full of laughter, fun, and cute memory-making moments, and yet, here you are, struggling with disobedience, misbehavior, disrespect. It can leave you feeling overwhelmed and discouraged. Raising kids in today's culture is harder than ever. Despite the vast array of resources and methods available, finding one that offers lasting solutions can be challenging. The discipline that connects with your child's heart online course stops that search. Our online course is made up of eight 30-minute pre-recorded sessions that can be completed on your schedule. The fall 2021 session begins on October 7th. Visit our website, connectedfamilies.org to learn more. 
right. Well, Jim and Lydia, here we are after the break and we're going to get a little bit practical. Like I think I really love doing that after the break for every episode, but that's what we're going to do right now. And I want to ask actually both of you, Jim, maybe you could take a stab at this question first, but how do you make the question what's going on inside of me? How do you make that question part of your everyday thought life? Wow. Well, I could talk a long time about that actually, and I'm still still a work in progress. But I think the short of it is, is that when I was a young dad, especially, I just noticed that the way I was going about things was leading to more disconnection between my kids and me, less of a sense of their trust of me or desire to come to me to be comforted or sit in my lap or get tucked in by daddy. And I wanted to blame that on them somehow, but I knew I couldn't. <laughs> and it forced me to go, all right, what is it about me? I, I wasn't quite to the place of what's going on inside of me yet, but what is it about me that keeps me distant or that makes my kids not want to be with me? And what could I do about that? And what I realized through walks, through prayer, that it was A, I wasn't a very peaceful person. I struggled with anxiety a lot and I, I had anxiety about how the kids were supposed to be. And that fed into my interactions with them and they knew it. And sometimes my interactions were frustrated and sometimes they were very abrupt. And sometimes I would just walk away and leave Lynn to deal with stuff. And, you know, it wasn't like I was this monster or anything, but just little subtle things that I would do. Uh, and I recognize um, that's what I do. And I also recognize that the Bible is true when it says out of the abundance of my heart, my mouth speaks. So then it, it forced me to look inward and say, all right, what what is it that's inside of me that leads to me saying these sorts of things or taking these kinds of postures? And when I took the risk to start exploring what's going on inside of me, that's where this whole formational work of recognizing, gosh, I'm a selfish person. I'm a controlling person. You know, even had some bitterness stuff from my family of origin that I needed to wrestle with. And as I started to do that work, it had its reward. And I was able to be more the kind of dad that kids wanted to hang out with and hear from and be influenced by. And so, you know, that's that's a long journey condensed into a short idea, but it was it was really about just paying attention to how my kids were responding to me. Was it what I wanted? What was it about me on the outside? And what was it about me on the inside that led to me acting that way on the outside? I love that. And really, that's the shift that we are calling parents to, because I think oftentimes our first question we ask is what's wrong with the child? They're not behaving right. They're not this right. And we're saying in the foundation of our framework, let's look inward to us. What is the behavior that I'm bringing to the table that is causing you know, this whole thing to not turn out the way that I want? So, so how about you, Lydia? How did you make that question, what's going on in me, part of your everyday thought life? Yeah, well, I think I've asked this question in a shaming way before where it's like, what's going on in me? What's wrong with me? But this question is, is really meant to be asked with compassion. What's going on in me? What's going on in my heart that needs healing? What am I believing? And so for me, powerful questions when they become a conversation with God. And in my experiences over the last couple of years, this is a conversation that's always full of compassion and mercy. And so the more I experience God like that, the stronger the pull to lean into that compassion next time. So it's almost like this question starts to bring this, this relief of leaning into God's compassion. 
this relief of leaning into God's compassion and understanding that no matter what is in me, whatever I discover as I'm looking inward, God accepts me and loves me wholly as in all of it. You know, he's going to call me to change a few things, right? Because that's what we're on. This spiritual life means becoming more like Jesus, but it sure doesn't make him love me any less the way that, or or maybe what, what, what I just discovered about myself in there. And in fact, Psalm 139 says he already knows what I thought before I even think it. So he actually knows me better than I know myself. I love that. Thanks for that, Lydia. I think about my own journey in this with this question, what's going on inside of me? And I often teach it like at workshops, you know, it could take like just a half a second or sometimes it takes therapy. And I remember the day that it was, it was a half a second for me because I was getting into it with one of my girls when they were littler. And it was all around what clothes they were going to wear to go to a social gathering. And I was like getting all frustrated and irritated and controlling and strong, you know, and I pulled back and I was like, what is going on in me that I'm showing up this way? And the half a second was I wanted to impress all my friends and I wanted my girls to look cute. And I just, and so immediately the realization of that was all I needed to be able to just lay that down and show up in a new way and say, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was my own agenda there. That was not important. So let's talk about what you can wear. And so that was, that was a really quick one for me. That's so huge. That half a second thing. And then that confession and then that admission, but then that thing about saying it out loud, you know what, everybody, I did that for me. This was more about me kids than it was about you. That is a huge statement of confession, but then of humility. And honestly, and we say this often at Connected Families, humility is the currency for true deep influence. It's when we're able to show our kids that we're human and that we too are in need of a savior because of our sin, that they start to get maybe a little bit more on board with this idea of the complexity of life and the complexity of spiritual growth. So I just think that's beautiful. I would add too, it's our fear that makes us feel like we can't admit our struggles to our kids. But when we understand that we're safe with God, that allows us to show up just in an authentic way with our kids and say, hey, I'm I'm struggling with this, guys. I messed up there. Let me try that again. And it, it doesn't have to be so full of shame and fear. It's just, hey, we're all learning together. Mm-hmm. And that I think has been powerful for me and my kids. It's also self-awareness teaching. You know, I mean, I'm teaching them to, to look deeper because I'm sharing with you what was going on inside of me underneath what was making me behave. And I, so I did the self-awareness of figuring that out and I'm talking about it out loud. Um, so you can do that too. And we can think that way as a family, you know, we're not just super surfacey. I like that. Mm-hmm. Well, let's move on. I want to talk about toxic thoughts because that's a really big part of the whole, this whole concept of being safe and looking inward and really looking underneath the surface. Like we were just talking about, I I think about toxic thoughts in a few different ways. I think about in one way, we have a spiritual enemy who's coming at us and he's bringing lies and he's bringing shame. And it's one of his main tactics to cut us down. And then, and then I think of it in another way. I mean, in all the personality types, I'm a personality t- type that's looking for what needs to be fixed in life, which in another way is, is means I can be critical. 
I just can. And so that that's just maybe a negative bent. And so that means I can be really critical of myself and my kids. All of this toxic thoughts that we're thinking about, where do we start with this issue? All of that moves to shame, but maybe start with like, what were some of your toxic thoughts? And then how did you deal with that? Oh, man, again, I could go on and on and on. But the short of it is, I would, I remember hearing myself say this and Lynn would just look at me like, are you nuts? But I would say, honey, this is who I am and I'm not going to change. <laughs> and so I would take the toxic thought, which was you're stuck. You can't measure up to those expectations. And I would turn it into sort of this defiant defensive statement that says, look, I'm going to get firm and, and disciplinary sometimes. And I'm, I need to raise my voice and I need to pound my fist from time to time. That's just who I am. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're going to need to learn to accept this. And I mean, man, I hear myself say that now and I'm, I'm tempted to be really ashamed. Like, Jim, you're such a horrible person for saying such a thing or thinking such things. But, but my redeemed way to think about that is, is what a work in progress I was from where I came in a, in a home where, where my dad, you know, said that loudly, defiantly, and largely didn't change for his whole life to, you know, where, where I'm growing and God is bringing to perfection, the work that he began in the day of Christ Jesus and to completion. And I get to be a part of that journey. And that was hard. And I am so sorry that I took that sinful, selfish way of thinking about things and made, made it be about you. You're saying that you said that to the kids sometimes. I said that to the kids. I said that to Lynn, you know, but that was at the core of it. I, I kind of believed that, you know, I, I'd done a pretty good work. I wasn't as bad as, as I grew up with, and this is as good as it gets. Mm, yeah. I mean, I think I hear a lot of people saying that, and really, we can't say that as Christians, can we? We have the Holy Spirit living in us. Romans talks so much about how we are not masters of sin. We are mm-hmm. masters over sin now that we are believers in Christ. And so we have the Holy Spirit living in us to be able to give us the power that we need to change. So yeah, Lydia, share with us. Yeah. So, you know, I think that one of my biggest toxic thoughts as a parent came from just being a child and experiencing some some hurtful things and some brokenness in my family growing up. And I had this toxic thought that I have to do everything right, everything just right, so that my family doesn't fall apart. Mm. And yeah, and that just had such a strong toxic hold of fear for me. And I also had this toxic belief that when my kids were really hard for me to handle, this is too much for me. I can't do this. I'm going to fail. It kind of just wrapped into this real spiral of fear. And I remember I was at a mom's Bible study and I cried more tears than I've probably cried in public for a long time. We were studying Psalm 139. And this became just a really significant passage of the Bible for me. Part where it says, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day for darkness is as light to you. And to me, that just speaks of the fact that my dark times and my failures don't hinder God. They don't scare him. They don't make him throw up his hands in exasperation and leave me or my family. Rather, he is so close in those times. He is so ready to illuminate our struggles with his healing and his grace to lead us to, you know, come alongside us. And so, yeah, I think I I had this thought that God is closer to his well-behaved children. And that's not the truth at all. He's so close to his struggling children. Oh, Lydia, that's so beautiful. He's so close to his struggling children. 
I mean, silence and pause to let that sink into our hearts in the midst of, yeah, our struggles each day. That's really powerful and beautiful. The other thing that I think has helped to combat those toxic beliefs is that as I'm on this journey of God's grace, what I've found is that the most growth and the most peace have actually come from the biggest challenges. And so that gives me a lot of hope as I run into more challenges that Mm -hmm. God is in this, God is working, God is here Mm -hmm. and he's doing something good. You know, for me, as I was walking this journey of becoming more and more safe and checking myself in the midst, um, I really learned that I wanted to be curious and not judgmental. You know, it would just stop me in the moment. Like, whoop, am I curious right now? And what does it look like to be curious and not to automatically label what I'm seeing? And so I would often switch that question from what's going on inside of me to even to my child what's going on inside of them right now. And that really helped me slow down to be curious first and then be able to enter in with more wisdom than I had before. Well, and Stacy, I know you, and I know that, that when you got curious for you and for me, and I think this is what we try to teach. It's not just a matter of deciding what's right and what's wrong. Where did I blow it? And where did I do it right? The curiosity really is I'm thinking about this right now for the first time, actually. Where's the humanity in all of this, the real life stuff? Because the truth is, we never do it perfect. And the truth is, we never are utter, absolute, 100% wrong failure parents. Amen. We operate in the middle most of the time. And so the question isn't what's right and what's wrong. The question is, where was my flesh there? Where was God there? How might I jump on a little bit more of the presence of God and a little bit less of of my flesh and my sinful tendencies? I think this, this notion that I got it right or I got it wrong, child, you need to do this right or you are getting it wrong, is really one of the tools of the enemy to keep us stuck in those shameful places. And so we're on a journey and we are always the working to be more safe, which in my mind really ultimately is more connected to Jesus and all the things that Lydia has been sharing with us so clearly so that I can show up more like Jesus in my home Amen. exhibiting all of the gifts of the spirit and listening and being slow to speak and being compassionate. And I don't think the word empathy is in the Bible, but it's compassion, I guess, and really looking under the surface and, and seeing what's going on. And yet you guys, we have times where we just feel like we show up in ways that we know better. Let's just say it like that. We know we better. blow it, Stacy. We, we blow it. And so then what? <laughs> well, it's interesting. When we were younger parents, we decided to describe to our kids the kind of parents we wanted to be. And we used the connected families framework in its rudimentary fashion way back then to say, you know what, we want to be parents who build a strong foundation, who make sure you know you're safe. We connect so that you know you're loved no matter what. We coach so that you know you're called and capable to do the good works God prepared for you to do. And we correct in love so that you can take responsibility to make right what you've made wrong, to restore it, and also to remember what's true is that you're safe, you're loved, and you're called and capable. Like we explained that to the kids and that did something powerfully profound for us. One is, is that it reminded us what kind of parents we want to be. So there's a certain sort of accountability there, but we also gave our kids permission if they saw something different than that to let us know. So if I blew it and missed it, well, my kids didn't, or my wife didn't, they knew it and they called me out. 
Dad, you weren't very safe just there. That wasn't a very loving way to start. Dad, you didn't connect first. So we explained all this stuff to them as a measure of helping us be more, more accountable. And when we became accountable, then we had to resist. And I'm saying we related to Lynn and I, and we were in a lot of agreement about this. You know, when we were confronted, we resisted the inclination to feel ashamed and oh, I blew it again and I just can't do this. And this really doesn't work. And learned to say instead, man, God has so much mercy on us when we blow it. And to receive that and then to welcome our kids into that and make that statement with them as well. So it was really, you know, we've referenced this even in this podcast a little bit already, but it's like the the humility to say I blew it. You know, first of all, the humility to say I blew it and confess it to God. Uh, And then the humility to go to the people we sinned against and say, hey, I sinned against you. Would you forgive me? Thank you. And now, you know, work together on what does it look like to make this right? That sort of humility became what we say was the currency for influence, ultimately in our kids' lives and in their growth and in their development of wisdom. The summary to all of that, Jim, was the word humility, wasn't it? Being humble before our kids. Yeah. So Lydia... We do mess up sometimes, don't we? What is making it right? And how do you deal with that in your home? What does that look like? I wanted to share a question that Lynn often asks that she's teaching me to ask as I'm coaching. And that is what difference would it make if when your kids leave home, they have a strong sense of the mercy and love of God when they blow it. And that is a life-changing foundation. I know when I started to experience that, it was a big life change. And so praise God that he allows us to be human parents who make messes along the way, who can be humble and honest with our kids and really help usher our kids into just the the practice of understanding God's grace and mercy. So that looks like saying to my kids, mom, I'm really struggling. Mom is struggling today. I'm sorry. It means coming back to them and, you know, making things right, reconciling, reconnecting and celebrating the fact that we can always come back together. Jesus makes it so that we can come back together and that we can have a strong relationship and we can celebrate the hope that we have in our day-to-day life, in our messes and our struggles and our stumbles. Oh, really good. Thank you for that, Lydia. Thank you for that, Jim. Thanks for being on the podcast today. We've run out of time. I feel like we could talk another 30 minutes about all of this really rich conversation today. And I just appreciate both of your input. So thanks for being here. Thanks, Uh, It's uh, it's my pleasure. I think it's yours too, right, Lydia? Absolutely. Hey friends, if you found this podcast useful, I want to be sure you know about two things. One is that our online course called Discipline That Connects With Your Child's Heart is open for registration now and will begin in just a few weeks. We only open it two times a year, so I hope you will go and you will register for it today. The second thing is that this conversation that Jim, Lydia, and I had today will continue every Monday over on the Clubhouse app. We have live conversations where you can just listen or you can raise your hand and ask a question or comment. We would love you to come on over there and join us. Well, we put links in the show notes for the Discipline That Connects online course that's starting and for Clubhouse. And for more information about Connected Families, go to connectedfamilies.org.